It's show 42 of the RIM Pro Report. This week, we'll be chatting with Victor Hernandez of Safe Data Resources in Mexico City. And as always, we'll keep you up to date with the industry news. This show is sponsored exclusively by our friends at O'Neill Software. It's June already, and their 2011 Strategic Partner Conference is fast approaching. All I can say is that this is a great conference. I've been there, I know. Attendees love it, and I'm sure you would too. Registration and hotel booking is available now for that conference, which will be held September 14th to September 16th. You know, with a history of doing great charity events at this conference, this year will be no different as O'Neill supports the Make-A-Wish Foundation. To learn more, to get yourself uh, settled into that, you can visit O'NeillSoft.com. All right, let's roll. Hey, let's be careful out there. Yep, we're going to be careful out there, so let's get to it. Welcome to the Rim, Rim, Rim Pro Reports, the one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim Support Services industry. Bustling with news, views, here's what I believe, and the latest updates. That's just them. This show is full of interesting information, stories, yes, important product and service reviews, yes, and a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators, shred and destruction vendors, media and electronic vaulters, scanners and imaging providers. Take note. This show is for you. Now, here's your host, Tom Adams. Yeah, that wasn't me. That was uh, Fred Flintstone. Hey, I'm glad you're here. I hope you and your business are thriving. Uh, It's June. We're fully into it. And, you know, I'm really grateful that you take the time to listen to this show. I know I don't expect everyone to be able to listen to it on a regular basis because we're all very busy and lots going on. But I'm honored that you find it valuable and meaningful. I hope that many days it just makes you smile with all the stuff going on in our world. Sometimes it's just good to have a laugh. And other days I hope what we talk about or the people we interview provide you a sense that you are not alone in this world. Or maybe they just give you a lesson or an idea that might help you as you work and grow your own rim business. There are times when we have vendors on the show and I hope you learn from them too and, you know, maybe figure out a new thing you can add, uh, a new way to do stuff, something that helps you. But in light of that, I want to ask you to give me some feedback. We are almost a full year into the show now and I want to ask how I can make the show better for you. Is there ways that you want me to profile uh, or things you want me to profile or things you want me to share? What do you really like about the show? What don't you like? I, I do want to know... Uh, what makes you want to tune in on a weekly basis? And so my question is this, what can I do to make this show even better so that you can't help but look for it and want to get it on a regular basis? So let me know. Send me an email. Give me a call. Fill out the form on the RimPoReport.com website. I would really love to hear from you. I know nothing. Nothing. Well, uh, okay, so Sergeant Schultz knows nothing, but uh, if you have an idea for me, I'd love to hear it. Hey, today I already said I'm going to be chatting with Victor Hernandez. He's the co-founder of Safe Data Resources in Mexico City, and Victor's making some cool things happen in his business there in Mexico City, and uh, he's doing also some really cool stuff with the industry in Mexico and in Latin America. 
He's also a board member of PRISM and is someone I've been wanting to interview for a while. So I'm happy to have a chance to interview him today. So after the news, we'll catch up with him. You know, the studio is kind of quiet today. There's no drop in guests, but a couple of random people, you know, tend to poke their head in the door every so often. And you never know what that's going to mean. More calling Austin. Come in, Austin. Come in, Austin. Yeah, Nanu, Nanu. Thank you, uh, Mark. Hey, before we go to the news, I wanted to share something I learned this week. I assume that you've heard of Zappos. Uh, that's a company now owned by Amazon, an online retailer. Well, let me tell you some interesting things that are happening at Zappos that I think should cause you to take notice. It's not that you're going to try and be like Zappos, but what they're doing can help you. This was actually reported in the New York Times uh, a little bit earlier this month. In uh, 2010, Zappos churned out 58,000, listen to that number, 58,000 short videos. Almost all of them were not featuring professionals, video professionals, models, or actors. Instead, they actually featured their own employees, showing off shoes and handbags and clothing and the like. Today in Zappos, 11 employees produce upwards of, listen to this, 400 videos a day in a number of mini studios within the Zappos headquarters. The employees that go on camera... And they're not sort of set up for TV. They're not they're not prepared by wardrobe or makeup people or hair people. They just kind of walk from their desk in their Zappos office over to the mini studio and shoot a simple, honest video about products they actually particularly like as an employee of Zappos. So the interesting thing to me is this. Zappos has proven that these videos boost sales for their items. But the kicker is this, that Zappos has tried it with professional, professional models and actors. And what's really interesting is that when real people, real sale uh, people from the Zappos staff pitch a product or talk about a product, it gets a better return rate than when you put a professional actor in front of the screen. Uh, the only the only time that that doesn't prove true is on the the highest end products, the highest end luxury products, and it seems to be the biggest benefit to Zappos is not only the higher the higher sales sales on particular items, but also. Uh, once the employees started getting on without makeup, without any preparation, not being professionals and just stand and talk honestly about what it is they're doing, what it is they like, and, and sort of talking about a particular product, uh, Zappos has actually seen a reduction, actually a sharp reduction in terms of returns or refunds uh, or exchanges, which is a major cost issue for the company. So... Uh, why am I telling you this, you might be asking? Well, because I think there's a myth out there that you have to be uh, you know, a superstar to produce quality video. You have to be an actress or an actor to produce video that you're, you might be using on your website. And it's simply not true. And it's proven by a company that's actually creating 400 videos a day. See, what people unconsciously yearn for is authenticity, is real people talking about what they are offering in authentic ways. Real people just talking about what it is they do. Uh, I've done two television series in my life, two 16-episode uh, series, high production, high cost. So I know what it takes to make good video stuff happen. But what's kind of cool to me is the cost of professional production can sometimes outweigh the actual return on investment. And what Zappos is proving is that you might actually be farther ahead doing a little flip cam video that shows you to your prospects 
uh, in any number of things. It might be actually showing your security procedures or how to build a, a box, how to put a box together, or your barcode process or your scanning process or you know how to, how to effectively use the, the console that you have that you provide them. I don't suggest you shoot crappy videos, um, crappy videos. And by that, I mean videos with no personality or no thought behind them. You still have to script it. You still have to have a strong sense of what you're trying to accomplish and do it in a way that accomplishes the result you are seeking. So my point is don't get stuck doing nothing. Video is an incredibly cool media that is proving itself day after day, especially in the online world. Your job is to find a way to use what I've just told you in your business. If you need some help or advice, I'd love to help you. Uh, just let me know. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. <laughs> Oh, uh, some of these ones just make me laugh. Um, yes, these are the days of our lives. And I hope that uh, video is part of the days of your lives. And I think what we need to deal with now is the news. So uh, let's get over to the news. Let me get that set up. Hey, this is interesting. Cintas has just obtained its AAA NAID certification in Europe, and this marks it as the first multinational organization to be certified across its entire organization, according to NAID's uh, executive director, Bob Johnson. And Cintas is uh, certified now for the facilities in U.S., Canada, and Europe. It also marks the first NAID AAA certification in Germany. So that's kind of cool. Way to go, Cintas. Hey, Allshred, a well-known company in the shred world, has integrated a new dust collection system at its shred plant. It used a grant from the Ohio Bureau of Workers' Compensation to support that process. The new dust collection system brings the number of airborne particles to under-applicable occupational exposure levels to help prevent upper respiratory symptoms from for their workers. So congrats to Willie Geyser, Tom, and the entire team at All Shred. Kilch Enterprise, it looks like everything's related to shredding today. Kilch Enterprises in Marietta, Georgia has announced that it has purchased the exclusive manufacturing rights to the Regal Ergo Cabinet and the Regal Under Desk Container from Regal Document Protection. According to Kilch, the move will allow it to better control all aspects of production, including product enhancements, inventory, and delivered costs. So that looks like it's a improvement for uh, both of those companies. Crestwood has just introduced a brand new hard drive shredder to the market. It's called the Digimax, and it's capable of destroying up to 600 hard drives per hour. Wow, that's, uh, that's doing some serious work. Cool thing I liked about this is that it can be truck mounted for on-site operations as required. Hey, looks like Eric Haas of Automated Records Management in De Pere, Wisconsin. He continues to grow his business. ARMS has just purchased the shredding division of KTEC. This latest acquisition adds to the service area and coverage that ARMS serves. So congrats to Eric and the team there. ProShred continues to expand its franchise footprint. Ready Shred Capital, the parent company of ProShred Franchising Corp, has awarded a franchise to Ken Kreit and... Ken will operate the new franchise in the suburban Indianapolis area. 
this adds to Pro Shred's already 17 locations, which looks like makes their 18th location. Iron Mountain seems to have officially closed the deal with Autonomy Corp that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. As we've discussed, the deal was for $380 million in cash. Iron will continue, though, to resell some of the solutions that they just sold to Autonomy, including Connected, uh, Live Vaults, and the Nearpoint Archive, and apparently some others as well. So uh, that's uh, interesting how quickly that whole thing transpired. Archive Systems of Fairfield, New Jersey, who uh, has been on the news a number of times in the last year, this week announced the release of their OmniRim Records Center, which is a cloud-based solution for their clients. Uh, we announced the purchase or acquisition of OmniRim by Archive Systems a number of months ago, but it looks like after that purchase and the retooling, the updated offering is being made to the world. So the new platform integrates SharePoint uh, within the cloud and has all sorts of bells and whistles. So Archive Systems is uh, rolling out that solution and how's this for a what not to shred item a pair of highly resentful supervisors at the maryland state health lab uh, started shredding records related to blood test results for lead poisoned children because the state wasn't giving them enough help to cope with the onslaught of requests for the files by attorneys who were in the process of filing lawsuits. Deciding to take matters into their own hands, they actually started shredding all the documents, much to their employees' dismay and employees who actually said, hey, you, you know, this is illegal, and ends up they were so mad that they did it anyways. They were both terminated, but thankfully the state had electronic backups to support all the files. Well, there's good reason for two things. One, store your records off-site where your disgruntled employees can't mess with them and to make sure you have great electronic backups welcome to fantasy island <laughs> oh ricardo montabon joined us there i i you know when i hear him speak i can think all i can think of is uh corinthian leather what are those k cars that they used to sell with corinthian leather anyways that's it for the news i am going to try and get victor hernandez on the line so i'm going to turn on the music that confirms that i'm calling him so how exactly let me see how exactly do i dial out of the u.s one zero one no it's zero one one all right i think i got what i need to do here we go Victor Hernandez is the founder of Safe Data Resources, which is a comprehensive RIM service company in Mexico City, as well as uh, in Monterey and Guadalajara. Victor is also actively involved in PRISM and is a board member, and I am excited about chatting with him about all sorts of stuff. Victor, are you on the line? Yes, I'm here. Thank you very much for the invitation. Oh, Victor, it is a pleasure to have you on the call today. You are um, someone that I have known for quite a while, and uh, you sort of quietly are at these conferences and in the background, and yet uh, you're, you've got quite the company that you, you have built and founded. Tell me more about your company. Tell me more about Safe Data Resources. How big are you? How long have you been in business? Give me a little bit of, of uh, an overview of what Safe Data Resources is all about. Okay, very well. Our, our company has been in business for the last 16 years. We founded this in 1995. We started uh, with a small... Uh, with a small facility, yeah, we have uh, been growing since then. We have now eight facilities around uh, Mexico, 
most of them in Mexico City, but also, as you said, in Guadalajara and Monterrey. You Our say you say are, that much better than I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Our facilities are, are more like uh, small type of, uh, of facilities. They, yeah. they house something like uh, 50 to 100,000 boxes each. So that means we're around uh, a half million boxes. Uh, we do uh, services. We store records, but uh, more than store records or besides storing records, we do a lot of services for people, uh, for our clients. We do the, the well, we receive some of their, their records and we... Um, we file each, each record in its place, etc. We make some records and and registrations of on what they have. Okay. So so we do a lot of services uh, besides storage. And are you also doing media vaulting and imaging and destruction and all those kind of things? All of those kind of things. Yeah, we're doing all of those. Okay. So tell me a little bit about the genesis or the what caused you to start Safe Data Resources? What happened in your head that made you go, I need to start this kind of company? Well, it is, um, we had a big uh, economic recession in Mexico in 1994 and at the end of 1994 and the start of 1995. Okay. So I was uh, working for a company. We had to close that company because of the economic situation in Mexico. Yeah. And, well, I had to find out what to do with my life. So uh, <laughs> I found this, this uh, friend of mine who is now my partner. Uh, he once said, hey, I have an idea. And we started talking about uh, a company that would uh, manage records and do all sorts of uh, outsourcing services for clients. So there, there, there we started the company. So It was also in, in this kind of situation when when he had to close his company and he was also looking for something to do himself so so where did you where did you learn about or where did he learn about this whole industry because in 95 i mean it, it obviously there there had been a fair amount of history in the u.s at that point but uh did was there other companies in in mexico city that were actually doing that did you did you see someone else doing this? How did you get started in it? Like, what, the, what caused you to go, well, this is the business to get into? The truth is we thought there was nobody doing this in Mexico. <laughs> uh, the idea came from somebody who traveled to the States, visited a company that had most of its operations outsourced. Yeah. And when he came back, he told this, uh, the, my, my partner about this idea, and he thought it was cool, and, and from that... Uh, the idea started. Uh, after we started, we found out there was two companies in Mexico oh, that's that funny. were already offering this service. Uh, very low profile. Yeah. So, so we did we knew nothing about them at that time. Wow. So your personal history, uh, your own personal business history. What kind of experiences did you have? What What was the, you know, what did you bring into this business in terms of your own skill sets? Well, before uh, going into this business, I was uh, working in real real estate. I was developing land projects. Okay. So nothing to do with this. Right. Okay. 
with this business. However, uh, when when I heard of the idea, it was uh, pretty nice. Uh, I thought it was uh, something that was, I don't know, adequate somehow to my skills, to my personal skills. Yeah. So so it made a click in that sense. So you start this business in 1995. What what did you do? Did you just go out and try and find clients? How did you get this thing rolling and moving? Yeah, we went out, tried to find clients. Uh, we found the first client, said, uh, okay, uh, I'm ready, pick up my records. And then we said, what do we do with them? <laughs> <laughs> so, so by the time we got the, the facility going, we had already lost this client. Oh, no. Something had changed and and well we lost him but uh, we started looking for other clients and and pretty soon uh, everything started to come up well so when obviously you you took a small fledgling startup and developed it and now you have seven tell me about some of the major turning points along the way that were instrumental in you growing as large as you have mostly um uh, specific uh, contracts with clients that will ask for a certain service in a certain place. Let's say we had a client who, which operations uh, turned quite big for us, yeah. and uh, we needed to get closer to him to be able to satisfy his needs because he, he needed things very fast. Uh, we, we were operating with, uh, with the most active of his records. Yeah. So, so he says, hey, I need this and I need this in half an hour or something. So, so we had to, to open a new facility very close to his own offices. Oh, okay. Another uh, contract, when we opened Guadalajara and Monterrey, for example, that was a client that said, I need uh, service, but I need it in Mexico City and in Guadalajara and in Monterrey. So, oh, so that was the one that caused you to expand to those other locations. Yeah, it was a very... A very nice opportunity since we already had one nice client to work with. So, so that's how we got started in those in those places. Hmm. What have been the other facilities? The truth is, we have uh, just uh, filled up one facility and and have to open a new one. Uh, what what are, are the are the code related issues really strong in Mexico in terms of the racking systems you use and sprinkler protection and all that is is that is that an obstacle you face or is that a point of differentiation that you create how how do you deal with racking and those kind of issues there is no much uh, there, there is not uh, many codes in Mexico regarding coding regarding racking or or security systems or something. So um, the, the truth is we uh, make our own investigation, mm-hmm. found, find out providers, uh, get uh, even education from them, and from that, uh, from that we go on. Okay. The truth is we have had a lot of uh, information or education for PRISM, from PRISM International. We have been participating in, the, in PRISM's conference I think from the point we started, so so that's where we get most of our information. Yeah. No, you've been actively involved for many years. Uh, you you at one point also, I think five or six years ago, got ISO 9000 certified. Tell me a little bit about that process. Okay. That was, that was an interesting process. We had somebody contact us who was uh, offering uh, consulting services in that, in 
in that uh, area. And uh, he said it's not that difficult as most people think it is. It's only a matter of uh, following certain, you know, rules and, and things. Yeah. So, so we got into these. The truth is, our industry is very. It's a very good candidate for these kind of things because we have a very repetitive uh, right uh, operation. Right. So it, it is quite a good match for these kind of things. And if you have eight different facilities and you want people from eight different facilities to work in one standard way, you have to do something else than just make a phone call. Right. Yes, absolutely. So where... In, you've uh, you're actively involved in the industry. You're learning a lot of stuff. You're growing a company. You've got eight facilities. Uh, are you making sort of strides to, you know, what what's next on the horizon for you? What's next for Safe Data Resources? There, there's a couple of things. Uh, we're investing in a new company that has, uh, which is um, a diversity from this one, has to do only with. Uh, Open uh, open shelf uh, service. Oh, that is um, a concept where what we are doing is uh, making new facilities very close to the areas where the offices are located, so we can provide uh, pizza-like service delivery. <laughs> pizza-like. <laughs> that is, that is, Pizza- yeah, pizza-like in the sense that people will. We'll call and say, I need this file, and it'll be delivered in the next half hour, or you don't have to pay for it. Wow. Very cool. <laughs> uh, that is one of the things. The other things, we are uh, making a lot of uh, investigation and development in, in, in electronic systems to provide other services, specialized services, having to do with imaging, most of them. Okay. But very... Uh, customized to clients' needs. Right. After all, we're in a, in a business that has the, well, the menace that uh, the market will go paperless sometimes. So, yeah. So we have to find out things that will, that, that will be there afterwards. Are you seeing uh, the strength of issues like compliance and the legal implications hitting uh, your business as I know you said in the racking area there's not so much but in terms of your clients are your clients demanding a more compliant way of doing things than they have before is that evolving I would say very slowly uh, we have uh, we're even trying to promote some of these oh really yeah yeah through uh, we made an association in Mexico of the people of the companies that are uh, related to this uh, same business yeah and we have developed uh, a standard for this, uh, which we have published, and we are trying to uh, get clients to look for these kind of specifications when they when they uh, get a new provider. Oh, okay. So, in a sense, we're trying to promote this because it's always uh, it's something needed. Yeah, very much. So, you you mentioned uh, the association. Uh, that you have been instrumental in founding. Tell me a little bit more about that. Tell me about the association that you started uh, in Latin America and and sort of how the genesis of that occurred. Well, we have an association uh, which we started in Mexico City. What we what I did was call the uh, our competitors right. and, uh, 
invited invite them to well just get together mm-hmm. and, and try to start something. We have been very successful in this in this project. We have uh, constituted an association called Amiga. Okay. And, uh, and well, the major players in Mexico are are now grouped in Amiga. Uh, we are trying to promote uh, a number of things together, like. Uh, we had, for example, somebody uh, provide us with uh, a course for our people, for, for education of our people. Uh, and, and each of the companies uh, registered some of their, their employees to take part in this uh, course. And, well, projects like these. Yeah. And so is this primarily in Mexico, or, or is this expanded to include all of Latin America? No, this is primarily in Mexico. Okay. Uh, last year there was an initiative from Prism International to to um, to organize the, uh, a conference for Latin American uh, companies. Yeah. So so that was a different project. It was uh, quite a successful uh, uh, conference. People were very excited about participating in it, and from that. The idea has uh, has risen of creating an association or uh, a Prism Latin American chapter. Oh, that's great! Yeah, and and we're working in that sense right now. So we you... already have uh, defined we want to make a new conference, a second conference uh, that'll be in Cartagena, Colombia next year. Wow! So so we're already working on that uh, on that idea. That is very cool. So you, you, obviously you spearheaded or were very much responsible for uh, the 60-plus uh, people that showed up at the conference this year in Miami-related uh, uh, Spanish-speaking conference that happened actually a day before the, the regular PRISM conference. Tell me how, what was the feedback after the conference to you as a result of that event? The feedback from the attendees uh, was was very was very good. Everybody was was quite excited. Uh, the truth is, there's always been interest in in all these people to participate in prism activities, but uh, it's always a, a problem with the language barrier. Yes, yes. So when you remove that language barrier and and offer that kind of uh, of activities, well, it's it's always interesting to people. Yeah. There was a lot of people that wanted to share their stories and their, uh, you know, how they make their their projects, what are their most successful projects they are developing. So, so it was quite interesting. Oh, cool! That that's so cool, and I am just blown away by the the amount of people that came and the investment that you made in it. And and I think uh, you you need lots of cheers and kudos for for what you pulled off on, on that whole event. So thank you for that from, from the industry. I think it's, it's, it's impressive what, what happened there. Okay. Thank you very much. But uh, as I, as I tell you, there's a need for that. So, so it's only a matter of, uh, of showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did. And that, and that's pretty cool. Is there anything that that you feel uh, is critical in terms of of where this association goes in the future? Uh, is there anything that that 
you know, you feel like if, if this happens, it will grow exponentially. What are you doing to sort of promote that association to get it to the next level? No, well, the, the truth is these kind of associations, I think, can, can uh, prosper if, uh, if there is really some accountability and people that are behind it and, uh, and will push it. Otherwise, uh, even if people is very interested, if if uh, if nobody pushes the whole thing, right, it, it won't happen. Yeah, it always needs it always needs a driver somehow. It always needs a driver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the way we have done this in in Amiga, for example, is we have uh, a plan where one of the of the owners of a company is the president for the for the next year. So okay. we we have so it that gets gets everybody involved in the, in the in the in the leadership of the association. Right. So I think we have to do that kind of uh, get that kind of involvement from people everywhere so so it'll grow. Yeah. Very cool. Well, it's it's certainly a pleasure to talk to you. I I have uh, I have always kind of watched from a distance and, and been impressed with, with your input and uh, what you're doing, but it, it's great to talk to you and hear your story. Hey, usually during these shows, I like to ask a question of a uh, couple of questions of my guests. Uh, they're personal in nature, but I always find them interesting. So uh, I'm going to ask them to you if you don't mind. Yes, of course. Hey, what is uh, your perfect vehicle? If you could have any vehicle in the world, what would it be? <laughs> I would say that's the wrong question to ask me. Why? <laughs> I chose a brand. I chose a type of car I wanted to use back in 1993, and I said, "Hey, this is a good car." So ever since then, I have always uh, bought the same car, the same make, the same, even the same color for the last I don't know how many years. Okay. I I just buy a new one every two or three years. So so what is that? <laughs> that's that's a, a Chevrolet Malibu, <laughs> so no big deal. Wow! Well, very so, impressive. I, I am not really uh, very into that. Uh, you you don't have any secret longing for a Lamborghini or anything. No, not right. really. Not really. So I I know you've been in the real estate profession and obviously in the records management profession, but if you could have done anything else, what what profession would you have loved to have attempted? That's a, that's a different that's a difficult question. Yeah, I, I would say I am mostly happy and okay with the, the kind of profession and the kind of things I did. Okay. When when I chose what I wanted to do, I said, "Hey, it is, it is not the field that you choose; it is how you do it." Right. It's you... what you do with it. It is. Uh, I just want to do things where I can be with people. I can do things together with somebody else. I can, uh, I don't know. Cool. So if you could have lunch with a person you've never met, but you greatly admire, who would that be? Mahatma Gandhi, no doubt. Really? No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. That is somebody I have always admired, uh, the the kind of, uh, things he did, the kind of, uh, commitment he had, the kind of, uh, seniority over his own feelings over his own life was yeah that was really an example i think yeah and finally 
many of us, as we uh, age, start developing lists of things we want to complete in our lifetime. And you know, I, I have a bucket list, I call it, and there's things that I've got on there that I want to get done. Uh, what's your cu- current priority if you actually have a priority? What I would like to do and I plan to do sometime very soon is uh, go dog sledding in the snow for uh, uh, it, it is a, an outing uh, trip that that somebody is offering in, in Alaska where you can take this uh, one week tour in in the Alaska area in, in the snow. Really? In driven, driving uh, a dog sled. Wow. And that appeals to you. <laughs> that appeals to me a very, lot. Well, that's very cool. I, strange enough, I tried to talk some friends into doing that last year, and we ended up in a cruise in the Caribbean. I don't know how that <laughs> happened, but... <laughs> Dogs <laughs> led to a cruise. prefer that, but... But it happened. Oh, that's funny. Well, Victor, it's been a pleasure. You are uh, somebody that I greatly admire, and I appreciate the opportunity to share your story and hear your story. And I hope that uh, everyone who's listening has hopefully learned something from it or at least been given a sense of the fact that there's lots of cool ways to do things. And so I appreciate your sharing with us in, in that today on the show. Well, thank you very much. Uh, it was a pleasure, Tom. All right, and we'll we'll keep in touch and continued success with what's happening in Amiga and in your business as well. Okay, very well. Thank All you right. very much. Well, that's it for another show. Thanks to Victor for talking with us today. It was good to talk to him, and thank you for spending time with us today. Thanks again to our good friends at O'Neill Software who support the show every week with their sponsorship. What I know is that O'Neill makes killer software for this industry, and they spend a ton ton of money on the development of that software. They're constantly leading the industry in their software, and to me and what I hear is O'Neill is the choice of record centers worldwide. So you can check them out at O'NeillSoft.com. Well, that's it for us. Have a great week. We'll catch up with you in a week or so. We are out of here. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com, where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon.